Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Van Der Vliet, with his trusted sidekick, Canine Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. Now, if you listen to the show, you know Woody is a dog of few barks. And with that one bark, he asks you to go to our website, thepblpodcast.com. All of our social media links can be found there, as well as our link to our YouTube channel. But you can find us on YouTube with the URL politics and brown liquor. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. All right. Well, it is Tuesday. So what does that mean? That means we're going to delve into the polling. I mean, it, it the, we are one week out from the debates. One week out out so the polling right now is going to be a little bit static so once we see the debates and once we see the performances of both candidates that's when we're going to see some changes so at this point in time everyone is wondering myself included is Biden going to try to get out of the debates? We're one week out Biden's been doing some public appearances not very many not many at all. And the media, the mainstream media, is doing him no service by giving him softball questions. That CNN town hall he did last week, nothing but softball questions. It is not helping Biden out. It is not helping with him getting tougher and able to answer questions on the fly. So far, everything from the Biden campaign looks scripted. Everything. From his town hall events to his pressers, everything looks scripted, and that does not bode well for Biden. So again, is it a big head fake? Is all of this designed so when the debates happen, Biden comes out like a machine and blows everybody away? Because if he does, if he does do that, well, not only will he win the debate, his poll numbers will go up. So seven days, we got one week left and we'll have the first debate, September 29th. So it's going to be epic. And I predict the ratings will be off the chart. Now, before we get into the polling, let me talk a little bit about that debate is here's what Biden has to do. Biden has to have a passable performance. That's pretty much it. If he has a passable performance, he wins the debate. I mean, debates aren't these big, epic showdowns. I mean, debates lately have been pretty benign. I mean, most people know who the candidate is they're going to vote for going into the debate and coming out of the debate. But sometimes lightning can happen. Like in the debate between Mitt Romney, election year between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, the first debate, Mitt Romney eviscerated Obama. And then the second debate, Obama eviscerated Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney folded like a house of cards, and that was the impression the voters had. If you look at the last election cycle, Trump and Clinton, uh, you know, there are some that say Clinton won, some that say Trump won. Uh, it was pretty entertaining debate, but there was a lot of back and forth, so I don't think it changed a whole lot of minds. This one, just depending on Biden's performance, will be an epic turn. So if Biden comes in and we see his cognitive abilities for all to see, it's going to hurt him. If he comes in and he's passable in a performance, you know what? It's going to help him. But Trump has to watch out. Because if Trump comes out too strong and starts 
beaten the literal crap out of Biden because of his cognitive abilities, it could backfire in his face. So this is going to be very, very interesting. So I, for one, absolutely will be watching the debate. And no drinking games for me, because I don't think if you, anyone will survive any kind of drinking game out of this debate. All right, so let's get into it. So today is Tuesday as I'm recording this. So it is polling Tuesday, but let me go over something really quick because the polls as everyone knows the polls have been favoring joe biden well since the beginning of the the election the campaign season once we had the two two candidates for each party so the polls have been favoring biden forever and i've been telling you on these polling tuesdays that hey the trends favor trump and they do favor trump and we're going to get into the battleground states and i'll show you again how they favor trump and to be honest with you as i'm recording this i haven't really delved into them so we're going to delve into them together and see where they take us but if you look at so far on the surface Biden hadn't increased his lead. In fact, in some cases, he's lost a little bit of lead. So, But why? Why is Biden leading in the polls? And why do people like myself say this is boding very well for Trump? Well, there's a couple of things at play here. <clears throat> One is you got to look at the trends. Uh, I, I heard President Trump speaking the other day about the trends. and He says, I'm an expert at the trends. And you know what? He may be right. You got to look at the trends. At this point in time, Hillary was outperforming where Biden is in the, the polling. And then Trump went on to win those battleground states. And that's key. That's absolutely key. If the trends show that Biden is underperforming at Hillary Clinton's level, well, logic would tell you that Trump is actually doing better than he was last time around. Because Trump went on to win those battleground states is what you where you go on and you win the election. But it's deeper than that. It's not just that, you know, there's a, there's got to be an underlying reason why. Why do the polls show Biden leading when the expectation is that Trump will win? And that is the key. Uh, I found this article from the American Spectator. It's dated. It's a little dated. It's July 17th, 2020. Uh, it's, David, it's by David Catron. And the headline of the article is why the polls predict Trump will win. Now, this is back in July. Again, why the polls predict Trump will win. So here it is. Voter expectation data buried deep in some of the surveys suggest another upset. And that's the key word. It's expectation. So what this article goes on is it goes on to um, to go on talk about some research that was done by Professor Andreas Graef, G-R-A-E-F-E of Ludwig Maximilians University, München, Munich, uh, proclaims these citizens' forecasts as they are sometimes categorized. The most accurate method that we have predicted election outcomes is by expectations. So Dr. Graf elaborates on the assertion at considerable length in a public opinion quarterly under the title accuracy of vote expectation surveys in forecasting so it's the expectation this is from uh his <clears throat> his survey his, what uh dr graf wrote is across the last 100 days prior to the seven elections from 1988 to 2012 vote expectation surveys provided more accurate forecasts of election winners and vote shares than four established 
methods, that is voter intention polls, prediction margins, quantitative models, and expert judgment. Gains in accuracy were particularly large compared to polls. On average, the error of expectation based vote share forecast was 51% lower than the error of polls published the same time. So basically what this article goes on to say, and what this research went on to find was, so you're polled by a pollster. Who are you going to vote for? I'm going to vote for Biden. Who do you expect to win? Well, I expect Trump to win. And that right there is if you go deep into the polls, you find that the expectation of who's going to win versus uh, who they're voting for is where the real vote lies, where the real poll lies. So people who expect Trump to win, but say they're voting for somebody else, maybe when they go to the polls, they change their vote. I don't know. But what they have found is that the expectation of who's going to win usually, usually is what trumps, no pun intended, the actual number, the actual poll. So if someone polls that they're going to vote for Biden, but then they go, well, who do you expect to win? Well, I expect Trump to win. Now it goes to the Trafalgar Group polling. Now Trafalgar Group was the only pollster that got it right in 2016 for Michigan. They called Michigan for Trump and they were right. And here's what they did. <clears throat> and they, when they did their polling, they did their polling and then they asked, who's your neighbor going to vote for? And they go, well, the neighbor's going to vote for Trump. So right now, this expectation gives Trump a 55 to 45 lead. So right now, the expectation is that Trump will win just like it was last time. And that's what happened. So what now the real question is, <clears throat> why, why doesn't the media tell you this? Well, I mean... I think that goes without saying the national media, the mainstream media, not not the alternative media. They're like, you know, alternative media like uh, this this site, the American Spectator, who dig a little deeper. And, yeah, they do lean a little uh, more right than they do left. If they lean left at all, American Spectator is pretty much a conservative rag. But <clears throat> the mainstream media is filled with journalists that support Democrats. 95% of mainstream media journalists vote Democrat. So, and, you know, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus by saying these are just bad people that lie to you. No, they're, this is their worldview, their narrative. So this is what they believe. They cannot separate themselves from the biases. Most of us can't. I'm biased. I'm very biased. I want the right to win. I am not a huge fan of this president's personality, but I'm a huge fan of this president's actions. I want him to win. So I will lead my commentary here towards a conservative approach. I mean, it's just human nature. We all have biases. But if you get into the media, if you become a reporter, you know, there, there's one that I know of that that can separate it. And he's a local guy here, Jamie Dupree of WSB radio, and he's across the country as well. But this guy, he, he is probably the most non-biased reporter I've ever seen. Most of them, however, are biased. And then when you get into the um, television media, 
uh, I, you know, they become even more biased. Now let's let's talk about Fox News a little bit because that's what everybody's going to say. Oh, you're just a Fox News viewer. One, I'm not a Fox News viewer, by the way. Uh, but Fox News is most of their shows are commentary. Those commentaries lean to the right because they're going for those ratings on the right. It makes perfect sense. MSNBC, their commentary leans to the left because they're going for the left. CNN has no idea what they want to do. CNN. CNN thinks they're an object. CNN's the worst because they actually believe they are objective and they're not. <clears throat> They've lost the the right viewership and they lost the left viewership. And these are the these guys are the originals. So they're the founders of this whole cable news network kind of thing. That's why their name is CNN. But CNN is the one that just doesn't get it more than any others. But I digress. Again, most journalists are biased, so they feed that into their reporting and they look for what they want to report so with that said that kind of explains a little bit but let's get into some polling let's 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 close this segment out and talk about what's going on in the polls right now so what i'm going to do is i'm just i'm not going to go into the <clears throat> the national polling as i've often said the national polling is worthless biden is up six point six and a half percent and that but he's dropping remember when he's up double digits ten percent that wasn't too long ago after the convention he He's lost that double-digit lead, and he hasn't been able to retain that or get it back. So he's looking at right now nationally about a 6.5% polling. Now, the national average is skewed because then you, you've got California and New York that are very populous states, so they skew that number. If you recall, Clinton won the national vote last cycle around by, by 2 million votes. 4 million of those votes came out of California. So if you take California out, Guess what? Trump would have won the national vote as well. But the national vote is useless. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. We are set up as a constitutional republic, therefore we have a uh, electoral college so the minority gets a voice and you're going to you hear pundits right now on the left starting talking about again let's get rid of the electoral college that will not help the democrats what what e, what are you talking about the will the democrats that's what they want i know it's what they want but let's say we go to that popular vote here's what i predict would happen and I'll, my prediction by the way will never come to fruition because it's just not going to happen but those voices in california and new york and other leftist states are going to finally say those voices on the right i have maybe a voice i'm going to vote now because before they were thinking, oh, why should I vote? It's not going to matter. My state's going to go blue no matter what. So I think the left, they, they, they never get the law of unintended consequences. Never. So the national vote, completely useless. You can't even use it as a barometer. The only barometer you can use on the national vote is watching how Biden's numbers have dropped. And that doesn't bode well for Biden. But let's get into the battleground states. The battleground states, these are the states that um, – 
Trump won last time, and that Trump needs to win again this time. Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and real clear politics throws in Arizona there. Now, Arizona's thrown in there because Trump won it last time, but he's having some problems in Arizona, so we'll get into that. But let's start with Florida. Right now, Biden is leading in Florida by 1.6%. Now, it hasn't moved much. It's been pretty stagnant. Last cycle in 2016, Trump won the state by 1.2%. So at this point in time, remember, Biden's up by 1.6 right now. At this point in time, uh, Clinton, let's see where she was. We're discovering this together. Clinton was up 4%. 4%, 1%, 3%, then Trump was up. So we're seeing a swing here. We're seeing that Biden right now is up 1.6. So we're looking at right now it's flat. Uh, it, you know, Clinton was edging out a little more. She was up 4% in one poll, 1% in one poll, 5% in another poll, 3% in another poll, all around this same time. And then Trump was uh, up and down as well. Like uh, Emerson poll on 10-2 to 10-4 had Trump up 1%. So you still see Florida as that key swing state that no one knows what's going to happen until election day. But remember what, what happens on election day. Like if you look, Trump won it by 1.6. On election day, Trump was up in Florida by 0.2. I'm sorry, he won it by 1.2%. Uh, Biden is up right now 1.6. So Trump w was up in the polling going into election day by 0.2, and he won the state by 1.2%. So Clinton right now about this same time, she was trending better than Biden. So Florida, again, still trends towards Trump. Key state. Trump has to win Florida. No president has won in, in, in recent time, won the presidency without winning Florida. Right now, Florida still trends Trump. Even though Biden's up, I know, I know, leftists don't understand this. It's about the trends. So let's look at Pennsylvania. Right now, Biden is trending up 4% in Pennsylvania. And the Trafalgar Group has Biden up 2%. Now, Trafalgar Group is one of the most trusted pollsters out there. So that looks good for Biden. Now, we go back to 2016. Remember, Biden right now, <clears throat> this is uh, early, mid, well, I guess going on late September, Biden's up 4%. Trump won Michigan or Pennsylvania by 0.7. That's it, just 0.7. So where was it last time again? Biden right now up. 4%. Uh, this time, last cycle, Clinton was trending about the same. You got her up 4% in one poll. You got her up 10% in another poll. You got her up 9% in another poll. You got her up 10, 12%. So actually, Clinton was trending way better in Pennsylvania this last cycle than Biden is right now. Biden's supposed to be the Scranton kid, right? From Pennsylvania, at least up until he's 10 years old. Well, score another one trending positive towards Trump. So that's two out of the seven that we're going to go over. Let's go into Michigan. Michigan right now, Biden is trending up 4.8%. Trump, Trump won this by an even more of a razor slim margin. Now, again, must be noted right now, <clears throat> the Trafalgar group, it's got a poll out, Trump up 2%. Remember, this is the, the group that called Michigan for Trump, the only one that called Michigan for Trump. So Biden's trending up 4.8. Trump won the state last time by 0.3%. This time, Clinton was up 5%, 5%, 7%, 11%, 11%. 
So again, you got three states trending positive right now in the battlegrounds. All three that we just mentioned, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, trending positive for Trump. So Wisconsin, been a hotbed recently. Wisconsin's been all over the place, by the way. So Biden's gone up, Biden's gone down, Trump's gone up, Trump's gone down. Right now, Biden is up in Wisconsin by 6.7%. So he's got a pretty sizable lead there. Uh, Trump won Wisconsin by 0.7%. This is one of those three battleground states that Trump won that put him over the top, which was Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Now, again, Biden's up. Six what six point five percent did I say? So Biden, I'm sorry, six point seven percent. So <clears throat> where was Clinton, Hillary Clinton, at the same time? Again, the trends matter. Clinton was up seven percent, eight percent, eight percent. Clinton was doing better than Biden is right now. Now again, if you look at these three states, the Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. <clears throat> Trump won them by razor slim margins. We're heading towards that same trend. Doesn't matter how much he wins them by. All it matters is that he wins them. So right now, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin are all trending favorable for Trump, even though Biden is leading right now, but his lead keeps shrinking. Whereas if you go, I went and looked ahead and you look at October for Clinton, her lead increased in October on, in these battleground states. We'll see if that happens with Biden. We got a, a debate coming up. This could change everything. So let's look at North Carolina. North Carolina, Biden is up 0.9%. Remember, President Trump won this state by 3.7%. So a pretty solid number for Trump. Biden's up point. Nine. This time last cycle, Clinton was up 1%, 4%, 2%, 4%. So again, it's slight, but Clinton was slightly leading in North Carolina. So we've got the same trend happening in North Carolina. So at the day of election, Trump was up 1% in the polls and he wound up winning the state by 3.7%. Trends matter, ladies and gentlemen. Trends matter. All right, so we just went through six, five, sorry, five battleground states. Now, Arizona, <clears throat> this has been a tough one for Trump. He hasn't been trending well with Arizona. Right now, Biden is up 5%. Now, Trump won this in 2016 by 3.5%, which is a pretty good margin in the world of politics. But by, right now, Biden's leading 5%. Well, Clinton at this same time was up uh, here's one in late september they were tied then clinton was up two percent up five percent and then trump led throughout the remainder on election day trump was leading four percent and he wound up winning the state by three and a half arizona is a tough one right now the trends in arizona well the trends in arizona lead toward biden so i hate to say it but it's true again these are the battleground states right now. Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Arizona. Uh, of those six, five, the trends are still positive for Trump. But I say the debate could change everything. If Biden has a passable performance on the debate, these trends are going to go into Biden's favor. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, because right now, the biggest question 
the biggest question mark is Biden's cognitive abilities. If Biden can prove via these debates that he has the mental acuity to lead and to, to, to be the president of the United States, he's going to win the election. I'm just putting out facts. If he comes out of these debates strong, he's going to do well because people like Biden, regardless of his, um, uh, you know, charisma, crap with his children, all that, you know, corruption, regardless of all that. Unfortunately, the electorate looks past that kind of stuff and they elect people they like. People like Biden. I've often said that if Biden ran in 16, he would be the president right now. And this conversation that we would be having if he had decided to go for a second term was that he's not mentally fit for a second term because we would have seen that cognitive slide. So, but we wouldn't have seen it until recently. So we probably would have said he's running. He probably would be running and we'd be talking about that, but he'd be doing it as an incumbent. And depending who the GOP would put up, there's a chance he would probably get a second term because that's just how most of this works. Now, with that said, I threw out this uh, website couple days ago, the primary model, you can find them at theprimarymodel.com. They've been forecasting presidential elections since 1912. And what they do is they take what happened during the primaries and whether or not it's an incumbency. This is obviously an incumbency presidency from Trump. And Trump had no primary opposition. Biden had a lot of primary opposition and had a really tough primary. So based on all that data, the primary model has Trump uh, winning with a 91% chance of winning the election. They give Biden 9%. So we still are going to see that play out. But this election, and I know we say this about a lot of elections, is unlike other elections. One is we've got this pandemic. If you want to call it that, you know, you know my thoughts on this whole thing. I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't believe what happened should have happened. I don't believe we should have shut everything down. I believe we should have went into more of a herd mentality kind of model. I think we should have let things played out. Yes, people would die. People are going to die anyway. People die every year and it's sad and it's horrible and it's tragic, but look at what has happened to the country, not just here, but worldwide. We seem to be stuck in this whole shutdown model and you don't hear this anymore in the media about other countries still doing this, but obviously there are, but Uh, In this country, it's become part of the election season campaigning. So, you know, what's going to happen after the election? Is finally uh, the virus going to miraculously subside? I don't think it'll ever go away, just like none of the viruses ever really go away. They just kind of get controlled. So you've got this pandemic that came into this. If the pandemic didn't happen... Um, Trump would be sailing along victory like there's nobody's tomorrow because the the economy would still be on fire. Everything would be on fire. There would be no way that Biden could uh, in any way overcame where the economy was, where unemployment was, where it was trending, uh, and where it is now. And by the way, it's all trending up. Uh, the unemployment rate right now is pretty much what it was under the Obama administration in their year three. So it took them three years to get the employment under 8%, over three years, actually. So, you know, but that's, it's all speculation. You have to go go with what we have right now. What we have right now is we had this pandemic. So a lot of voters are, you know, they're understanding of that, I think at least. So 
long story short, the trends still look good for President Trump. The polling is in his favor. Arizona is the one that's a little, it's on the fence, but Arizona could turn. So we'll watch Arizona. We'll keep our eye on Florida. We'll keep our eye on Pennsylvania. Keep your eye on all these battleground states because all of them, all of them matter. So where you also want to look at is why aren't we talking about Ohio? Isn't Ohio always one of those states in elections that are um, one of those bellwether states? You know, it, it's one of those states where they say a president cannot be elected without winning Ohio. Well, in 2016, Ohio went to Trump by 8.1%. That's pretty solid. Right now, Biden is leading 2.4%. But, you know, that's three polling. You know, Rasmussen's got him up 4%. CBS News, YouGov, got Trump, has Trump up 1%. And Ohio Media Collaborative has Biden up 4%. So you don't hear anything about Ohio and they don't put it in a battleground state. So that's kind of interesting. It could be because, you know, at this point in time, uh, well, I don't know. Last election cycles, I look at the numbers right now, Trump was leading. Clinton started to lead in October and then Trump pretty much led the whole way. But you're not hearing anything about Ohio, which I find uh, is pretty interesting because Biden's leading in Ohio. So let's keep Ohio on our watch and let's uh, watch what's going to happen in Ohio. Now, another thing before I go here is I read an article just the other day that um, Biden is going to spend $466 million on TV buys. And they're going to go for states that Trump won, one of them being the state of Georgia, the state that I live in. Now, Trump won Georgia by 5.1%. And currently, right now, Trump is leading Georgia by 1.3%. And if you look at the pollings from 2016, Trump led Georgia, uh, with the exception of a couple of weeks, for almost, for pretty much you know, going in from July to election day, Trump was leading in Georgia. So all of a sudden Biden thinks that Georgia is in play. So they're going to spend a ton of money in Georgia. Well, as somebody who lives in Georgia, I thank you for spending the money in our state, but I don't think it's going to help. I think they're they're pissing their money away. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to be taking these valuable resources, putting them into states like Georgia, which they're not going to win. And they're going to miss the boat again of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Unbelievable. But I think that's what's going to happen again. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please check us out on our website, thepblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link. You can find us on YouTube at Politics and Brown Liquor and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We've had a number of new subscribers in recent days. So be one of them. And when we start our videos, and I'm doing some now, you'll get alerts when those happen. Thanks for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast.